Dang it. What was I saying? The human dongle. Oh, get your finger out of my eye. Way better now that you've stopped touching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was... Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain And the waving wheat can sure smell sweet When the wind comes right behind the rain <laughs> Love it! That's how the first it. snort of the night <laughs> And that is how we start every podcast, Brant Welcome In to... In every single <laughs> podcast, that stupid snort Hey, that, that means you're doing it right. Uh, Welcome back to Oakland Said. It is the official Oakland Ed podcast. We're doing things a little bit different based on your feedback, Oklahoma. And uh, so tonight we're doing a live podcast during the Twitter session. How's that? Twitter chat. Yeah? Yeah. So there you go. So we're actually two minutes ahead of the actual start time for Oakland said or for the Oakland chat so this will be fun and joining us tonight all the way from Wyoming via the interwebs is Principal Nyberg there it is oh finger touch all right how are we doing guys <laughs> I'm ready uh, okay so this is pretty exciting it could go disastrous and we may have to do this again <laughs> um it could be pretty funny <clears throat> I laugh out loud during the Twitter chat all the time and don't you want to hear me snort here and there I enjoy no, a good Aaron that. snort. I just got that. You don't want to hear me snort. Okay. Since that's where we started the episode tonight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, what was the intention behind this? We've got one minute. Let's hear it. Okay, Brant, go. So there's just a lot of things that we do in education that we've just done forever just because they've always been done that way. And um, more and more, you know, it's, it's kind of becoming... I think important to question those things and ask yourself, is this really the best way to, to go about educating kids? Um, and so I've done this chat before and, and Scott asked me to come and, and do it again here on Oakland Ed. And so we've kind of tweaked it, souped it up, this version 2.0. And, uh, but again, it's just about questioning the status quo and, and seeing if there's a better way we can do things. Awesome. Uh, and so the the pics I've seen all week long coming out uh, on the Twitters have been pretty interesting. I'm wondering what the heck is going on with cow tipping. Well, here Brent, comes uh, here comes the first tweet. Cow tipping. I can not neither confirm nor deny that I have been cow tipping. Uh, 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 you know, we're we're pretty rural around here, you know, and so sometimes things happen. Well, let's all introduce ourselves. Love you, buddy. So I don't know if I was supposed to, but I went ahead and sent out the kind of intro slide here. There it is. So happy. I'll be back and forth, by the way. I hope that doesn't bother you guys. What do you mean back and forth? Well, I'll be looking at the hangout screen over here so you get the profile. You know, this. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> so we can see you. And then I'll be back to Twitter. Uh, well, I'll be honest. I'm addicted to multi-screens. <laughs> uh, so who are your edgy heroes, Grant? Oh, you know, that's Who do a good you one. look to um, for inspiration? I used to be kind of a big name guy, you know, um, Todd Whitaker guy, and a you know those those guys. But and, and we've actually been lucky. You know, we had Todd come speak at our school a while back, and he's probably the one that sort of first got me sort of thinking about is it okay to tip over the apple cart you know and then of course there's lots of people on here matt miller and alice keeler are they they ask a lot of good questions you know as far as that goes um uh so there's i mean it's kind of funny the smaller the the user the smaller the the, they're following it's like the more um of a conversation you can have so you know it's so it's it's cool to to follow lee crockett and all that stuff but if you ask lee crockett what do you think about you know great homework he ain't going to get back to you (laughs) so but if you ask you know if you ask matt miller he's really even though he actually has a fairly large following he's he's really good about getting back to you you know so and then of course you know scott's been one that i've followed for a while and and he's been awesome um there's lots of good ones on on oakland chat you know and um so uh, you know, uh, like I say, there's there's probably too many 
really that I can mention um, as they kind of come I'm just looking through the feed here and I'm seeing so many that I follow it's kind of crazy I think this may be this Ed Chat, I may have more followers from this Ed Chat than I do from my own state Ed Chat. Um, Scotty, what about you? Who do you look up to? Uh, you know, truth be told, I, re I really look to Oakland Ed for quite a bit of stuff um, because the those are the people that I know the best that I've had the most opportunities to develop relationships with. Um, and so there's, there's almost something from every spectrum of our Oakland Ed Chat that I look to. And then out, outside of that, um, I, I do find uh, some people <clears throat> that, that can really challenge my thinking. I think in a lot of ways Alice does. I don't always agree with everything she tweets out, um, but I think she, she really is one to, to make you think. Um, I like the Koros guys. They make you think too. And I, I really love uh, what John Bennett has to say. Um, you know, and he's, he's coming all the way in from Virginia. So I, I enjoy reading what, what those folks have to say and just getting a... I, I like to be challenged in my thinking. I'm not so super duper set in my ways that, that I'm like, this is how it has to be forever and ever. You show me a better way and cause me to think my stuff over again, I might change what I do, you know? Yeah. So what's the first question going out tonight? What is that first right. question? Well, what's the teaser first? <laughs> oh. Well, I, I'm waiting I, for Scott to I, send out that teaser. I send it out. Are we doing desks first? Or Rose, okay. I can do whatever whatever you think, man. Is I'm I'm good with that. I, I teased out Rose with my introduction, so, so I'll put question one in one minute. Okay. So Andre Dottie said he'd like to follow at least seven new folks during this chat. Let's connect. I'm putting such a goal setter. That Andre always looking to connect. That's right. With so with what, Bubba Gump. What's question one coming? What, I'm, I'm sorry. So, what so sitting in. Done. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do it's a student cow first. We're going to talk about well, the question is sitting in rows is awesome. Why don't all teachers have their classes set up this way? Good question. <laughs> it's, and so these questions to Aaron kind of came about through Brant and I just talking about different things. It was really kind of funny because I, I was interviewing him for, for my dissertation and we had this conversation and I was going through transcribing it and I I tweeted him and I like stopped transcribing. I was like, Brent, we have to host a chat together because <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to us talk truth, about truth this. Be, like, truth be told, he just wanted to get out of doing his work on his <laughs> dissertation. That's all he wanted. He's a <laughs> break. Yes. So what are, are you going to answer this question? Uh, so. Or are you going to poke at people? What's your plan? <laughs> So what do you think? I, I don't know. I think there's a time and place for everything, but I, I got away from Rose and liked not having them. So there's uh, that. I agree. So I'm going to see what how it plays out here, and I can make the argument, the old school law and order argument, or we can go the other way too about you know flexible seating and the importance of that. I'll just kind of see how it plays out with your crew. I know that, um, you know, anecdotally, my daughter, her, some of her teachers have gone to flexible seating and away from Rose, and they, they really, really, really like it. So I don't know if it's out there researched enough to be able to support the flexible seating is great, but their perception is that it has worked out really well for them. Have you guys tried that in your school? So... We, we about six years ago we had Kagan training for the first time and and of course you know how they really promote that four seat arrangement and it was kind of interesting because some of my teachers latched right onto it and thrived I mean it was amazing the kids were more engaged and and the behaviors went down but I had some of my more traditional ones and they just could not, it couldn't, they just couldn't make it work. And so, I mean, some really, really good teachers, you know? Um, so it was like about a 50, 50 split. And a lot of them just went back to the standard rows and columns. And, and so I don't know, it, I don't really care either way. I just like like it to fit whatever is, is good for the, for the staff. I think there's something uh, to be okay. said for that. Well, and so Shelby, who's at ShelbyJR3, she says, because all the alternative seating feels costly at first, 
plus how will I take attendance or have seating chart uh, I won't I won't uh, no and won't my management skills go away with my desks rose I liked uh, what Christopher Vian had to say here. He is at C Vian eighty seven. He said, "Not a chance. Uh, sit, stand, move. Learning isn't still." Those are some good ones. Um, okay, let's see. Todd well, Gar- she's ways says she uses way too much collaboration to work with evenly spaced desks in rows. Made my head hurt. I've had round tables in my room for ages. <laughs> I saw that one too. <laughs> I'm look. I'm replying to Jack Reed. J Reed two thousand eleven. He says. I think seating in classrooms should be dependent on the lesson being taught rather than a static fixture in the room. Furniture is not always nailed to the floor, so don't be afraid to move it to as needed to effectively teach students. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, at Christy, uh, Christy Cooper, who yeah. is at Chris Coop 80 said, because they are asking for pure chaos or actual discussions. <laughs> Still need more research on why not Rose. I was just going to say, Josh Turner is bringing Obama into this. I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Matt Salmon said it's harder for students to go desk tipping. <laughs> like this? I don't know. I missed, I missed that one. Oh man, I need to go find that. Okay, uh, uh, Andre uh, Dowdy, he's got a great gif of um, Kermit the Frog going, and he said, "Petty me because it's how every teacher movie is. Real me because that's how we all remembered what class looked like growing up." <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so true. And this Travis Barnes guy, rows are the worst. I do columns. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mathematician after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> gotta be a yeah. little bit of sarcasm that sneaks in. That's good. I like that. Okay, question two in one minute. Do it. Sounds good to me. Which so one? What, what is question two? What is question two? Question two is teacher. Question two is a teacher, Cal. I'm addicted to grading every assignment I give my students. How about we mandate at least two of those grades be put in the grade book each week? Yes. And then zeros for those assignments not turned in. That will teach responsibility. Rob Miller says, like most things in education, there's a time and a place where students in rows might be best. Large class sizes makes flexible seating difficult for many Oakland ed tees. It's a good it is good for standardized testing with standardized students. Yes. I think standardized testing is a good, is a good way to ha- to handle all that. Um, I, I, I do agree with that. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things you, you can't just, I think it's difficult to sell in all one direction or all one or you, you you've got to be flexible, right? I think so. I mean, there's, a, I mean, how do you do collaborative learning? I mean, I guess you could, everybody, sit in your desk with your computer and do Google Docs, but the the enrichment from conversation and everything else, I mean, I don't know. I, I like I like the being able to move around personally. Yeah, there's something to be said for FaceTime and, and the movement piece too, especially. I mean, I teach middle school and my kids, you know how they are. They're squirrely. They can't sit for 10 minutes, you know, without... Look at me! I must be a middle school principal because I'm always squirming around myself. So I can really, I can really empathize with those kids that you know are sitting all day long. Yeah, it's it's tough, um, you know, and that's where Ken Robinson talks about if you have a, a student do menial clerical work day in and day out, what do you expect them to be like at the end of the day? You know, um, right? So, gosh, how do you how well, do you do that? Think about the kids who are dropped off early and picked up late. I mean, I worked latchkey whenever I was in, um, you know, a traditional building. And some of those poor kiddos got there at 7 a.m., didn't get picked up till 5. That's a long time to be at school to, you know, I mean, they're playing at that time. But, you know, it just seems like a way to kill the love of learning rows and this is this and bells i don't know i'm i'm over it the bells and the rows so here's june kim he's got answer he's got a one b he said i also like rows when i have staff meetings to discuss our short-term and long-term sprints makes for great (laughs) one-way combos (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and Shelby Jr. just uh, she just tweeted her answer too with the homework one. She tweeted the little monkey emoji with the hands across the face. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I thought that was pretty good. You know, when you talked about the homework grading deal, and I know this isn't the homework question; it's kind of coming up, but I just saw somebody. I don't remember homework one flip through there, but I've been thinking about it a little differently this year about, you know, how we can't guarantee it's the students that are actually doing the homework. So that's why we don't attach a grade to it. But you kind of made me think about those kids that really kind of pad their grade, inflate their grade, because they do. They go home and big brother or mom and dad do it and they turn in all these hundred percents. And, and uh, so anyway, that's coming up foreshadowing right there yep well you know once it once it gets out of your room how, how do you know what what your student that you need them to do how do you know it's them doing it exactly i, I mean it might be but it might not be you know i don't know right. sherry gately uh and she is at sherry gately she said what a hot button for some people uh grades should reflect mastery in my opinion it isn't actually my job to teach responsibility and i've never had a student thank me for failing them because they learned so much and changed their ways <laughs> I like what Todd Gregg had to say. He said, pass. I'd rather make sure they know the standards or key concepts and learning objectives for my AP classes. Uh, being taught and asses. What? Oh, NSS. <laughs> and there's no potty language on this podcast. It's assess, not an assess. Yeah, it just became a rated T podcast. <laughs> now I have to check off the potty language thing when I submit oh, the podcast man. feed. That's right. You two yep. will not be happy. Being taught and assess that actual knowledge and ability rather than entering grades just because. Hey, uh, Josh Flores, uh, who is going currently by the name, is this tweet a DOK three or four? I um, love that name. <laughs> he is at Mr. Uh, what, what is he at Mr. J Flores? Uh, I, I think, think I think that's what it is. Um, yeah. anyway, for his a one, he said, Josh I'm a, Flores. I'm a, yeah, I'm afraid of commitment. I can't imagine committing to one seating arrangement for more than a week. Sometimes I like to even go crazy and let the talkative students sit next to each other, but in the front row and see how it encourages classroom discussion. Oh, man. So it's I think I only have about three staff out of like 50 that have a true kind of flexible seating where they'll have the desks and they have the, the like the little bouncy chairs they can sit on at tables and a few have stand-up desks and stuff like that and it works pretty well for those teachers yeah i mean you know again it comes back to being able to suit their personality uh Talenia norfar she's on a2 she said wow you are really tipping some cows tonight <laughs> she said i i grade after students are given a chance to master not equal to two grades a week Learning may be missing rather than zero. That's just me. She's tweeting to us from Virginia tonight, right outside of DC. Oh, I wonder if she's close to uh, Mr. Bennett. Good question. School is for learning. Work is a job to get paid. I just saw that one too. <laughs> Craig McVeigh, who's a superintendent in El Reno, he said, I love this cow tipping thing. This is all old school. Of course, <laughs> of course, grade them all and for goodness sakes, Give a gazillion problems for homework too. Best practice in 1918 means best practice now too. Yes! <laughs> Stood the test of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, so true. Well, and April uh, Gustafson, I like that name. Miss G. Um, if, I feel like I have to say it like that. Um, the absolute strangest thing to me is expecting students to learn or grow by giving them a zero. I do not feel motivated by punishment and fairly sure uh, and fairly sure we are wanting students to be motivated to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got quite an awesome little gif of a little kid screaming and falling under the table there. Aaron Baker said, uh, grades are like TPS reports. Yeah. <laughs> With an office space. And then uh, Flores, uh, is this tweet DOK three or four said, to be honest, I never thought it was a big deal to turn in two grades a week. I always tried to make them meaningful grades and of course lied and said everything was a grade. Nothing wrong with lying to kids, right gang? Hello? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Where is this guy? I gotta f I've been looking for him. Uh, Josh. Do you not follow Josh Flores? I don't know if I do or not. He sounds like my people, though. Oh, he, he is your people. So right now, he is... Uh, let me see. He is Mr. Josh Flores. That's his Twitter Mr. handle. Josh. Mm -hmm. Vicky Donnelly there said, My school requires an average of two grades each week, and it's easy to end up with 50 to 60 grades a semester. Zeros can be debated and debated. Yeah. And that is at Donnelly Vicky. Uh, Kevin Heim says, if you assign something, it has to be for learning. If the T accepts the fact it was not learned and gives a zero, who did or didn't do the job? Mm -hmm. Man. Let's see. 820. Is it time for another one? <laughs> These things are... Boy, we're running behind, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we're going to have to speed it up. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Get and I'll get it ready to go. Okay, so question three, question three is an admin cow. And it's, I love the end of the year high stakes assessments. It right. is the best way to show how well our students and school are performing. Can we please keep doing this every year? I got, I got it. Yes. So I found this uh, stormtrooper one. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Was pretty. <laughs> can show you everything I can do, just like everybody else. <laughs> I know it. That was a great one. <laughs> uh. But I do think, you know, there's a, I guess there's a time and place for everything, but I just, I really don't, if, I, I guess if the standardized testing piece were handled differently, I wouldn't be so reactionary to it. Um, if we could get that information back from these standardized tests in a meaningful amount of time to impact those students before they take off for the summer. So, you know, in Oklahoma, I don't know how it is in Wyoming, but in Oklahoma, a lot of times we won't get their springtime test results aggregated and back until like October the next year. And that does nobody any good. We just moved to a new assessment this year that that's one thing I can say that's much better. It's it's a uh, basically it's graded right away. And and so as soon as the kids take the test, it's it comes back to them. Now, the um, the spring test will be so we've given two kind of they're called interim assessments one in the fall one in the one we just got done given last week and the the spring summative is going to be a little bit more I mean, it's going to take some time because there's some writing in there but the promise was that they would have it back you know before the end of the year because i'm with you that's we actually didn't with our old state test we didn't even use that data in yeah, any way cool. because we, we didn't get it till the next year. Right. I'm, a I'm all about growth and showing growth. I'm about benchmarking three to four times a year. I really am. I think three times a year, maybe four. Uh, if, if you hadn't hit a certain goal, maybe you take the fourth test at the very end of the year. Um, but to show that growth and to see if, if we're moving towards, you know, a goal. But uh, just testing for the sake of testing to say we did this government uh, now give us our money or whatever. I'm not cool with that. Yeah, it's like they think we won't teach if we don't have a big summative, you know, high stakes test at the end. You're like, we're all just going to, you know, play dodgeball or something. And I don't know. They just don't get it. Um, did you just put a... No, <laughs> nothing. The there's nothing happening here, Brent. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay. Next time I do this, I got to make sure I wear a little better shirt. I don't look nah, bad. you're fine. <laughs> I debated telling you or not, but I thought, nah. Uh, nah, we're doing it. All good. It's happening. All good. Yeah. Um, so Melinda Parks, uh, question three, she said, yes, please, let's disrupt the learning process for the entire school to focus on something that won't get feedback on for months, if ever, and that haven't been proved to have any real educational value. Count me in facepalm emoji. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Christopher Vine just sent a gift that said, gross, no thank you. <laughs> uh and Craig McVeigh says, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Travis Barnes says, you're fired. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Because I think, I, I really do think that teachers in general would not be opposed to a standardized test if it was uh, a better service to them as part of the whole educational 
development of their students and what's not done in such a way that places so much emphasis on the teacher in, yeah. in, in like a negative way. So. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I just look at how much money our state spends on developing and and implementing and grading and all that stuff. And um, I just think, wow, we could really use that. And then the time factor, you know, and, and our new test is not as bad, but I mean, we used to give up so many days of instruction to give these tests. And it was just like, wow, I mean, and and you're right, Scott, maybe there's a better way to do it. And I get, they, they want to know how we're doing and all that stuff. But um, I don't know, I just, it's my least favorite time of the year. It, it puts the whole school on lockdown. Like at Memorial, we would lose the gym for a whole month. And, you, you know, at high school, you, you don't have the most super activist activity filled PE space. But there's things that go on in there, you know, basketball practice and after school activities and all these things. It's on lockdown. Like you, you just can't use it. And yeah. there just has to be a better way. Jason Bings, who is at Jason Bings, said, if you don't test it, how do you know they learned it? There is no other way to assess learning except a standardized test. I like that guy. And, and so Matt said, uh, high stakes testing is only as effective as the scary threats that accompany it. If you fail this test, you'll have to t you'll have an elective taken away next year or go to remediation instead. Hashtag motivation. Hashtag easy button. Hashtag Oakland. <laughs> So I'm a little guilty of that. I'll I'll admit it because we not with our state assessment, but we do have some. I mean, one of our one of our initial screeners is used to be MAP, which is a national assessment. You're probably familiar with it, and we do tell the kids you got to take it seriously and do your best because it would it does determine if you may potentially need a remediation class. And so, yeah, guilty as charged. Kevin, did you see Kevin Himes? Uh, That's what, and I asked him a question in return. Tell us what he said. Uh, I didn't see that you, I didn't see the question part. I just said, uh, so he said assessments are here to stay. Make sure that you are using them to advance education, not hinder. And I think that's the hangup. I think that's where teachers are frustrated. It's not being used in that way. And so I asked him, how does Clinton, you know, use the information, mm -hmm. use the data? Mm -hmm. So we'll see what he says if, he, if he's got time to respond in this fast yeah. chat. Alex Steubenbort, uh, he said, Sir Ken Robinson broke it down this way, and I paraphrase, standardized testing has become a $16 billion annual expense with zero positive results. Imagine if that $16 billion was committed to doing what we know is good for kids. The possibilities are endless. Uh -huh. We better toss another question out if we're going to get all yep, done. Yep, yep. Okay, what, what do you got next? Okay, let me find it here. Question four, back to the student cows. Oh, here we go. All these homework assignments really are my work. Thanks for putting them in the grade book. May I please have some more for tonight? Okay, I got, I got, I got that one. I got that one. A lot of these cows came from my own teaching too. And I, I tell my staff this all the time that, I mean, I... It, it's only been 10 years since I've been in the classroom, but I tell them that the that the Mr. Nyberg of 10 years ago is so obsolete, it's not even funny. Some of the things I did, I just look back now and it just, I kind of cringe. It's kind of like, you know, those 80s haircuts that you thought it was a good idea at the time. And then you look back at your old yearbook pictures and you're like, what was <laughs> I thinking? <laughs> that haircut used to look so cool. <laughs> Kind of like this cutoff t-shirt. <laughs> John Bennett said, oh, I hope you're really cow chip flipping on this one. Standardized tests reveal only how well students memorize facts rather than developing the skills for addressing meaningful situations and lifelong learning. Behind the barn at four, if not. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Christy Cooper. She said, uh, I actually don't think all standardized testing is bad, but where we have failed is one, we change it every freaking year, and two, we use it as the only measure to judge learning. I do hope that the ACT is here to stay for these high schoolers. Uh, I mean, we got rid of EOIs, which is excellent. However, the science isn't, um, it, it has to be taken. And then US history is back for this year, but maybe not, I don't know, anyway. Um, but I like the ACT test and getting it all taken um in one shot however there are some kids and so 
with my students, I try to get them taking that SAT in ninth or 10th grade to get baselines and figure out how it goes and everything, try to get the highest score. But I've got kids who would, you know, take it two times, three times and get a 17, 17, you know, 19, and then turn around and take the SAT and do totally fine. And so I, I, I wish that there was an option to um, take the SAT instead. You know, but uh, I don't know. So my wife is a registrar at our local community college, and she tells me that the ACT is meaning less and less and less to all colleges and universities. So I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering if it's maybe, you know, and again, they need something, I guess, as an entrance, you know, kind of a qualification, but they're in the same boat as public ed, where they really can't afford to be turning people away. And so she said, it's like, for example, in Wyoming, you don't have to have an ACT to get into a community college. Now you do to get into our university, but um, that's, it's kind of trending at least around here, sort of in the other direction. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think if we can do something like, like the ACT, SAT, you know, whatever. I, I feel like that's better as far as standardized testing goes because it's something that everybody across the United States takes. It's not just narrowed into what Oklahoma happened to choose that year for their testing battery or what Wyoming happened to choose that year for their testing battery. And like my wife and I were just looking at, um, at different um, state departments of education and, and she was trying to compare school districts between where we are right now and other ones. And, and I'm like, you can't put a whole lot of stock into that because they're comparing things to their things. We're comparing things to ours. And so, you know, like our A plus school, when we compare it to a similar demographic in Massachusetts, where it's a C plus school, but infinitely better potentially, you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's hard yeah. to, oh, yeah. how do you do all of that? And I think an ACT is a, or an ACT SAT is an equalizer across those things. Yeah, and the ACT has a suite now where they have tests all the way down to, I think, the eighth grade level. Um, ACT and Inspire, and I'm trying to remember all the ones that they give. Um, in, our, in our district, we did give those, and then we went away from it because of the new state test. Um, and I was a little disappointed because, again, I, I'm with you. I think that ACT has been doing it long enough that their data is, is pretty valid. Um, and it does, it gives you, a, it, it levels the playing field, let you know, let you know how your kids are stacking up against others across the nation. Yes. Uh, so Matt Sandman uh, says on uh, A4, yes, because no student has family issues, bills to pay, extracurricular activities, or anything else, which could take <laughs> time. I assign, <laughs> I assign all work in class so I can help the students uh, not need to worry about it. Yeah, yes. that's great. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with a couple here and they've got gifts attached. So one is from Steve Gilliland. He says, homework is overrated with uh, uh, Adam Sandler doing a thumbs up raspberry. <laughs> and the one right below that is from Jessica Camp. And, and she's at Miss Camp Teaches. She said, this is how I feel about homework. And it's like a, like a dry heave situation. <laughs> With my little kinders, they need practice and exposure, but homework, they have all kinds of time ahead of them for that. And okay. here's here's the deal that, in, in my opinion, that we're asking them to do with homework is, let's take the thing that's difficult and challenging and hard from the math point of view and send it home with them where they may or may not have support to do that. And so that's, one yeah. of, that's why I'm a big advocate for flipping a math classroom because you don't have to have a, a genius parent to sit with you while you watch your teacher work out a couple math examples. So I may have found my boom sauce for the night already. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, and it's A3, Natasha Jefferson says, one test should not determine the abilities of a student or a teacher. Feedback should be uh, timely and worthwhile. But then Vanessa Perez like just added another layer to that. She said, it should be normalized. Students should be able to receive and adjust their feedback as a part of the learning process, not a disruption. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Dang. good. So true. Yeah. And Craig McVeigh on A4, I hated homework as a child, cheated on it as an adolescent, a board giving it as a teacher, 
and still wonder if there's something wrong with me because all my friends and coworkers loved it so much. <laughs> you know, it's and, and when your kid, I mean, my both of my boys had it a lot of it, and I, it was one of the things I hated more than anything because you would sit and help them. I mean, they needed to get it done, but. You'd come home after a 10-hour day and or longer, and your kid would have two more hours of homework. And I know I was tired, and I could guarantee you they were tired. Yeah, because they were at pra- you know they were coming back from basketball practice or whatever. Also, and man, oh man, I tell you what, it's yeah, that's just not worth it. So I've got a little niece who's a third grader, and is sent home with math like packets. Mm. And she can do the math. She's slow, you know, um, in, in not mentally, uh, but like her writing process. Yeah. So I get that there it needs to be practiced and and that there's a, a purpose for it. But I mean, it takes her two hours every single day, and she's a third grader. Yeah, it's crazy. I like what Kevin Heim had to say here. He said Oakland Ed needs to do a, uh, do away with the term homework and start using home learning. If we Assign, if we're assigning work that does not include learning, shaking my head. Uh, and then Tyler Detman said, I don't want to do homework, so I try to assign it as little as possible. Kids who find they have homework for me are the ones who don't use their class time efficiently to work, which can lead to just as valuable as a lesson. I, I still I, I like the idea of home learning, but at what point, I mean, I guess at what point is it the job to get it done at school? What do they need to learn at home unless it's flipped and then they're learning at home that lesson that Scott, you're creating and, you know, that they, they do the night before so that we can have discussion and practice tomorrow. Yeah. And even, even flipping is, is kind of, I mean, I, and I'm a fan of flipping, but the, the kid, the same kid that doesn't have support to do homework, they're not going to be able to necessarily get on. I mean, have access to the to the online curriculum and so yeah you kind of have to be careful about that too even though i do agree with you scott i think that that really helps out a lot of those kids Mm -hmm. that are they're babysitting or whatever when they get home at night instead of working on homework right it's not a golden bullet like i I still struggled with kids that didn't do homework like that didn't magically cure it but it took away the excuse of i can't do this at home it took you know took that yeah. excuse away hey we need another question up there Brian. i've got it queued up which it one is, is it a teacher cow says central office certainly knows what professional development we need why can't they just plan it all for us uh let's see here i've got that i've got that hold on hold on all right andre is going crazy with the uh <laughs> with the kermit Slash Star Wars. <laughs> he's, he's loving it <laughs> and slapping himself. Uh, which question is this? Six, five? This is five. Yeah, we're over halfway done. All right. Question five in one minute. All right. <clears throat> I can only do the district mandated face to face professional development. Everything else is a waste of time. Now, talking about that too, I, I, it's. I feel like, <clears throat> you know, we're taking a time out of out of our weekend or whatever, or several times depending on if you're active on different chats. But there's got to be a way for teachers to be able to say, hey, this is this is meaningful to me. This is improving my practice, uh, or I'm getting ideas, or I'm being you know thoughtfully provoked, you know, or 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 whatever. But how do you how do you get this through the bureaucratic red tape that you know that this is beneficial for for us and and still count it so that the district goes okay like what do you do you go okay Aaron and Brant I need to see the three tweet URLs that you submitted to that chat because yeah but right. but but what if I'm reading it every night is that's no different than reading a a good book potentially right. Yeah, I don't know the uh, answer to that. Amber McMath uh, just tweeted on uh, answer four. I'd just like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to my dad. Every night I would leave my math on the dining with any figure out. By the morning he would have them done for me with explanations of how he did it. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. 
And Double Down Funston said, parents love homework <laughs> by no one. <laughs> I haven't seen Double Down in chat in a while. I know, I know. I'm pleased that he's here. I, I feel like everybody has really got a good taste of sarcastic. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Christy Cooper said on question four, A4, she said, my homework is for practice, but my quizzes test true knowledge of understanding. Remember, I teach math, you have to practice. <laughs> and don't you have to practice on everything? I mean, <laughs> and and Shelby Jr. just said A4 corrected. Homework Stop is it. the best part of all my lessons. <laughs> I'm replying to that one, that's good. So what is question five? So question five is central office certainly knows what professional development we need. Why can't they just plan it all for us? Oh, good, good, good. So Sh Shelby originally said, I have had zero success with homework, none success. And I replied, you're not doing it right. She, she responded, <laughs> she responded, hold please. <laughs> Uh, and that's where the homework is the best part of all my lessons tweet came from. Uh, also, our good friend Ann Beck on the homework question sent the eye roll emojis, and that was all she submitted for that one. She's a great follow. Uh, Stephanie Heim said, I don't do well with sarcastic. However, I'm trying to make it through this chat. <laughs> <laughs> So Mary Lou Barron, she said PD should be based on classroom needs, not the same dose for everyone, uh, which is which is good. Um, and Melinda Parks said, just like the student learning should be focused on students and should take their needs into account, so should teacher learning. I usually don't want or need admin to tell me what I need to be better. And I think a lot of teachers feel that way. Yep. I know one year at Edmond and I know they were trying to do, they had a partnership with um, a local, um, they had a partnership with a local health network. I can't remember which one it was, but one of those partnerships was that one of their doctors would come talk to all the teachers about uh, mental wellness and, and it had something to do with a brain break. And, um, it, and, and he like went into all of this, uh, information about the brain and what it needs to be well and and you needed to have time to focus and time to meditate and all these kinds of things and it, and it was great and we got some cool drinking glasses and some you know fun things for our phones but I really didn't need that and I went and I was really polite and our assistant superintendent told us that we couldn't tweet or have our phones out and so there's 2,000 people in there in there and I I just, nobody was paying attention to this nice person. It just right. wasn't what we needed. I mean, right. it was, we need mental health stuff, but that's, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, Matt Sandman, at Sandman, capital N underscore O2, he's talking about the PD thing. And th this really hits close to home. He said, seriously, I'm okay with with this, my list is too long to volunteer and plan PD. And we do a ton of teacher-led stuff in my building. And it's a tough sell. I mean, it's because I think teachers are super busy and, and tired and whatever. And that's just like one more thing for them to get ready. So I can, I can feel his pain on that one. Yeah. Vanessa Perez just said, my answers to this question are too sarcastic to tweet. <laughs> years before I knew there was PD out of district mandate. In my old district, I would beg or barter for it if I had to. Thankful to be in a district now that encourages me to learn, even when I mention carpentry. <laughs> I know that uh, Dina Rogers is onto something here. She said, I feel like our district is working to make PD a model like EdCamp that works better for T's. Bloodborne, et cetera, are mandated by the state. So there are some, you know, there are those things that are mandated. I get, we got to do them. But man, an EdCamp model, if that was what you were walking into on every professional development day, that could really be invigorating. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, John Bennett said, may I suggest any PD not chosen by teachers wanting it is wasting is wasted and informal PD in teachers lounges, ed camps, Twitter chats are really good with informal PD helping with discovering its value being the first informal PD. What is Andre talking about when he says uh, as part of my CO for eight years? I'm not good with those acronyms. We already know that. Part of my carefully orchestrated, no, <laughs> as part of my common, I don't know. Anybody help me? Help me. I don't know. I'm not sure what CO is. Okay. Well, he says for eight years, we kept our ears to the street. I needed. The OJs coined that song perfectly. We got to give the people, give the people what they want. Central it. office, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Man. This is, see, That's why Aaron and I need an administrator. <laughs> yeah, at least somebody to break down these little... I can be your token administrator anytime you need me to, Scott. <laughs> here for you, buddy. Okay. Uh, so, Mrs. S, who's at Kindergarten Rock, said uh, she was replying to Maestra Baron, who said PD should be based on classroom needs, not the same dose for everybody. So Kindergarten Rocks replied, amen. So many sessions spent trying to figure out how to apply any of it to kindergarten. And then she sent a gift of a lady who looks confused with some mathematical things on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm getting a little bit of love on mine, uh, on my A5. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Um, no, thank you. My Oakland Ed PLN has been the best PD ever. I have a second. Oh, if I have a question, they have an answer. Best runner up is Ed Camps. I get inspired and have takeaways I can implement. I do not need another smart board or Study Island PD. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> Study Island. Brant, we need another question. Okay, what? question six. My favorite part of the job, this is an admin cow. My favorite part of the job is doing teacher evaluations. I wonder if there's any way I could do more than one for every teacher every year. All right, hold on, I got something. All right. Okay, so Andre Dowdy, uh, Dowdy just said, petty me, I had a professor share what he knew uh, what today's students wanted because he'd been in the classroom over 30 years ago. They wanted cars and dinosaurs. He also knew what T's wanted to learn. <laughs> I didn't bother to ask him what, petty me. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> He sent a gift. Why are you always lying? <laughs> uh, so Brad Latsky, he said, building a PLN through social media, I like Twitter, is available to everyone, and it's free. So I'm in a little bit of a discussion here. Remember how Kevin Heim said assessments are here to stay, yada, yada, yada? I asked how they used the info in Clinton. He said, we, use, uh, we used to dissect the data and hopefully adjust the instruction as needed. We've not found any usable data in the new tests. I said, and I heard it might be another year before we get good data. Wendy Pratt says there's meaningful data now, but it isn't easy to discern. Uh, it is interesting. As long as teachers are focused on individual student growth, there will be usable data for leaders this summer. And then uh, coach says, hopefully this holds true. I may need PD on how to get data without raw scores. I then replied, I'm not admin. I want data to know how well my PBL is taking root. I think they're learning and they're definitely loving it, but how will it translate? I need the data. I don't know. I, I like I like knowing that information, but it seems like, I mean, if, if you know, Mr. Himes still doesn't get it, then how is he going to give it to me? You know, if, if I'm his teacher. Right. And it's, and it's confuzzling for our leadership. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully it does come out this summer and, you know, we're able to give it to all the teachers to let them know how they're doing. Good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we've, we've been painted into some of these policy corners by, and I, and I get that, you know, since education requires public funding, we need to make sure that the money is being used in a way that's, you know, well understood by all and, and easy for us to to see the impact of all of that. But I just wonder too, if some of these um, policies that have been, have come up, have, you know, how much of that was created by somebody that had been in a classroom once, thought they were an expert. So here you go, this is how I can monitor this without understanding like the whole broad big picture of all of it, you know? 
I don't know, tricky things. Melinda Parks said, and she is at McCap Sparks. This is in response to question six, which was, my favorite part of the job is doing teacher evaluations. I wonder if there's any way I could do more than one for every teacher every year. And so Melinda Parks said, teacher evals should just be a piece of larger picture. Anyone can pull out the dog and pony show for a day, but what's going on in the other days? Do you really know? And I think that's a fair question. I mean, you know, Brant, can you get into every teacher's classroom every single day to see what's yeah. going on? And I have an assistant principal. And so we set up a, a schedule to try to, you know, we put it on the calendar and try to carve it out as best we can. And at best, we have 50, like, like I said, about 50 teachers. Um, and at best, we each can get into everyone's classroom um on a monthly basis you know just because so much other stuff comes up um so when it's time for me to do an evaluation it's it's rough it, i mean you if you have a new teacher you're definitely in there more and you're doing more longer observations and things like that but with some of your veteran teachers you know it's tough because you're you're popping in things are going well and and then it might be two months before you back in there you know despite your best intentions um what i asked him the other day and this i almost tried to make this the question i think the best way to do a teacher evaluation would be to let the students do it they're there every day with the teacher every day you could very easily set up some sort of evaluation and some of my good teachers actually do this they ask the kids how am i doing on this thing or that thing but that'd be in my perfect world when i'm the king the teachers will, or the, the students are going to evaluate the teachers. It won't be me. So, what grade uh, are you over? What I mean, I what? sixth, seventh, and eighth. Do you have a student information uh, like text? You know what I'm saying? Is there an app you guys use to to get information out to all your kids at once? Yes. So I'm wondering if you could just saying what if you could send out a three question eval how was class today i mean you know what i'm saying just to yeah. get no i know I, it's it's definitely something i've considered because um like i said it's if you would if you really want the true evaluation of a teacher you, you really need to be in there you know every day and um because even even when i'm in you know, when I have those good weeks and I'm able to get in everybody's classroom every week, you know, and then they they sometimes act a little different when I'm there. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how it looked. Maybe that'd be the way to go is just, just send out a Google form or something. And, and um, it would be interesting to see that because on the flip side, a big part of my evaluation is teacher feedback. And so the superintendent sends all of our staff surveys and when i go sit down with him at the end of the year that's a huge part of our evaluation is what rating did i get on various you know things from my staff so um, you know and i'm okay with that because again that i everything that i'm doing is affecting them on a daily basis so that, you know he comes down to my building two or three times a year but he doesn't know how i'm doing the teachers do though <laughs> and so that's that's the way it ought to be i am gonna chris uh vian who is at uh c vian 87 said what i would actually want is someone who would come in and tell me how can i improve in meaningful ways and provide mentorship uh amen like i want feedback i want to know how i'm doing like if i didn't have good classroom management please tell me what you would have done you know i mean i think that the principal should be a mentor in you know in a way um if you're giving me I, I want the evaluation because i am a feedback junkie but i also want to know if i didn't do it right please tell me what i need to do mm -hmm. yeah 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 like help me grow yeah exactly yeah hey uh let's get another question out brant Okay, Q7. I it's a student cow. I love my alarm clock. Can we make sure school starts super early every day? No later than 8 a.m., please. All right. Mm -hmm. The teaser is out there. My child is up at 6 a.m. Uh, and this is this is one too where I I just question like why why do we have 
Like, why can't we adjust our overall calendar and timing? Like, yeah. you know, we spend the first six weeks of the school year reviewing everything that was lost over the summer. Is it is it necessary to have those long summers off still? I mean, is is there a better way to to still allow for... Yeah, we all need to recharge. Students and teachers, right? So sure. is there a better way to do it so that we're not constantly spending six or seven weeks reviewing at the beginning of the of the term? Like that can't be good for anybody. You know what I mean? The LA's dog and pony show in regards to teacher is in regards to teacher evaluation. What the crap is a dog and pony show? <laughs> I have no idea, but it sounds like something my grandpa would have said and not meant anything complimentary. And says, I didn't notice because I was picturing dogs and ponies and there's a gif. <laughs> I mean, of a pony playing with a ball. Like, these are, this is a really fun chat because of the side conversation. Uh -huh. That's what I like the best about all these. Yeah. That was an awesome thread, ladies. <laughs> uh, so Alan Lehman, now, did, did you see the Observe Me chat we had a couple weeks ago, Brant? Were you in that? I can't remember. I did, yeah. And okay. It's, I've tried that twice and it's bombed at both times in my, in my building. So we have though, and, and maybe it's just, just because they don't, they're not interested in sending feedback to me that way. Right. Um, but with our, with our teachers, we've developed a pretty, um, a pretty nice, we call them instructional rounds where teachers will go and observe other teachers and, and steal ideas. And it's totally non-evaluative. And um, we're in year two of that this year. And, and the teachers are really liking that. Okay, that sounds cool. Um, so Alan Lehman said, I still need to get my, and this is in, in reference to question six, which was the, uh, the teacher evals. He said, I still need to get my observe me sign up, but I am comfortable with anyone in my room at any time. Evaluative, not evaluative, whatever. Bring on the feedback. I am authentically me and do my authentic best with and for students bell to bell. Bring it on. And I, I like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's what's our last question? Well, our last question is, Teacher Cal, I'm the expert. Why don't you just let me close my door and teach? Oh, Adam Rogers says, are we not trying to get students career ready? Most jobs start at 8 a.m. <laughs> but those kids wake up at all these different times, you know, like... I have a, one of my daughters is up at six. Like she could legit be at school at six, seven o'clock. It's not a problem. The boy, <laughs> he's a teenager. He need, he, he, you know, being at the bus at 620 in the morning, it doesn't jive well with his mojo. I mean. And what's the last one? Q8. Oh, I'm the expert, right? You already said that. Yeah. Why yeah. won't you just let me close my door and teach? I still have a lot of those island teachers, man their own private Idaho. If they could just be by themselves, they'd be happy. You know, and I loved that for a couple years um, because I thought that was how it was supposed to be and, until I figured out, hey, I'm surrounded by freaking geniuses. Right. Um, you know, when I was a new teacher, I, sh I should have been more open to that right off the bat, but I don't think I was. I think that's a product of your leadership. I mean, if your admin has that set up, and that's that's one thing our district has really done a good job of in, over the last five or six years is have the mentoring and have the induction and that kind of stuff so that it sort of forces you to reach out and lean on others and it's been a really good thing i really like my silo um to be quite honest <laughs> i really do i'm thanking epic for letting me have my silo uh but i you know i I don't want to be forced to have to work with somebody. I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't get along with everybody. That's, that well, might surprise you guys because we've gotten along so well tonight. <laughs> but um, I don't get along with everybody and I am pretty opinionated and sometimes people don't like my opinions. And so I don't want to have to work with somebody if I'm not going to get along with them. So I get to decide when I collab and I'm not forced into it. You know, I, I did. I had to collaborate with a lady who did did not enjoy me at all, and was vocal what? about yeah, vocal, 
vocal about how she didn't like me. She forbid her students to come see me for help on days that she wasn't in school. We taught the same. We, did, we taught different sections of the same class, but she just did not like the way that I taught. And um, so that that was sometimes a little challenging. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I started teaching with my friend Christina, who I've talked with you about. And w whether we were collaborating or not, we just ate lunch together every day in one of our classrooms. So kids were coming in all the freaking time, back and forth. And yeah. and it got to the point where her kids would come down to my room and ask for a quiz, and I would just give it to them. Oh my! I mean, yeah. it wasn't That's a big deal. Uh, I liked what Todd Gregg had to say here. He says, "I am the expert, but that doesn't mean I can't get better." kidding i'm not the expert but can't always better <laughs> <laughs> sherry gantley said i love collaboration so my door is open i wish it was possible to combine classes and work across content areas what if high school students um, spent the entire year creatively solving problems based on the career field they were interested in uh your guys's chat ran long uh oh, they're still they're still going, aren't they're, they? They're going to town. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I set the outro out already. I hope that's okay. Uh, that'll be fine. Uh, you know, Scott, I just realized uh, people are going to hate us. Why is that? <laughs> we are obviously not shortening this in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I got I got one more to drop off here. Learning styles are the only styles. Oh. <laughs> Mary Lou Barron said, teaching in isolation is not the way to go. Collaboration with T's for our students. Yeah, and I guess I just think it it's not a one size fits all, but the the teachers that just are not willing to listen to anyone or work with anyone, or, I mean, those are the ones that drive me nuts. You know, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you know, you should be, I guess you should just be open to to having somebody come pick your brain or you feel comfortable, I guess, going across the hall and if you have a, an issue with a student or something like that. Um, I think that's where we really, uh, I don't know, I, I just think there's a lot of growth that happens just with that across the hall PD. Oh, yeah, the shoulder bump? Yeah. Yeah, just you can have great chats in the hall. And, and you know, and doing doing my research that was that was one of the identified informal ways that teachers could get informal pd was just these these basically in between class chats that they could have in the hallway hey i tried this thing did you see it oh yeah or i'm little jimmy's killing me man but he did good in your class what what'd you do how, how did you i mean um anyway it's i just think yeah it's it's really, really good if you have that, I guess, that just culture of collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so Craig McVeigh just tweeted at me. He said, uh, great job tonight. Now it's back to the Winter Olympics because it's my chance to show my ice skating judging ability. After <laughs> all, I see it once every four years. Exactly! <laughs> 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 oh, you guys are already getting love from people. <sighs> There you go. Look, we went five minutes over. My first Oakland Ed was a success. Can't believe I haven't been participating for longer. Thanks, teacher from here and at Principal Nyberg for a fantastic chat. That's from Jessica Camp, who is at Miss Camp Teaches. And I'll just invite her to see us next week. And uh, we also had uh, Mr. Turborg in here. He's uh, at Mr. Turborg. And he doesn't always chime into Oakland Ed, but he did tonight. He was in quite a few times. And he, I believe, is from Maryland. So okay. there you go, Maryland, Virginia, and uh, Wyoming represented, and all kinds of other stuff. So there you go. Well, guys, uh, what did you think about the chat? Did it go the way you had hoped? Yeah, it was fun. It was, I'm not going to lie, a little challenging talking to you guys and keeping up with tweets. <laughs> I, know, I know it was. And this is the first chat I've done where I haven't had TweetDeck loaded. <laughs> oh, you didn't have TweetDeck up? Holy no, I, I had TweetDeck up, but I usually have my tweets loaded. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, cow, gotcha. Holy cow. So. That would have helped probably a little bit, and maybe we should have, I should have coordinated with you a little better, but it went all right. I nah, mean, it went good. Yeah. It was fun chatting in real time. I love the back channel on these. I mean, they're awesome. So there's several chats like that where either they've got something going on Facebook or like this, 
hangouts live and it's really really good i i I like that kind of thing makes it makes it fun yeah do you know what uh next week's chat is by chance i can look it up real quick Okay, the calendar shows that Melinda Parks is, and she doesn't have a topic. Oh, I wonder if she's going to have her kids doing it. Good question. So, McCaps Parks, I'm looking forward to what you've got to bring. And that'll be on Sunday night. As it is every Sunday. At uh, Central Standard Time. Now, if you're in the mountains, Brant, Okla Ed Chat is at what time? Well, it's it started at seven o'clock my time. That would be seven, time, eight. seven o'clock mountain time. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right, educators, you know what to do. Go out and dominate the world. Yeah. Yes. I feel like you were gonna punch me. <laughs> Sorry, the old, the old football coach comes out and me. There is an uttered cow dancing on a pole is it is it warm enough there in wyoming to go around in a, in a, a ripped up t-shirt um, i'm gonna need my twitter feed to go so that this cow oh, can't dance on my screen all about winging it guys uh <laughs> cow tipping it'll be one uh currently what is it like two degrees outside We're only saying you're doing fine oklahoma oklahoma okay